to Dubai? <laughs> no, they're on a flight to Spain. They oh, missed okay. the flight yesterday. So they put them oh, oh. on the flight today. That's nice. And they gave them $4,000 each. Oh wow. my gosh. Wow. That's great. Which yeah. airline? Emirates? Delta. 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 Okay. That so is good for money. Delta to do that. Yeah. Mm. So what, what news from Dubai? Uh, Varina, it's very hot. Eating all good stuff, all this lovely food. <laughs> yeah, we have. I mean, uh, not got, not eating much, but it's very hot. So hot, we're still yeah. at home and you're not going anywhere. But yesterday, I went to meet all my all my girlfriends. Preeti, Priya, not Priya, not there. Maria. Uh, Maria. Maria and the gang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maria shared the picture. So nice to see. Reunion gang. Hmm. All Mangalorians. <laughs> Mix. And, and Beverly gone and Beverly and Deban is gone. Yeah. But we are sitting and discussing Kingdom Warrior there also. <laughs> <laughs> We're discussing about the thorns. Looks like and, our, uh, where is uh, the people are on vacation or something? There's not yeah, many. Yeah, Blancy is in Kurg. Rossi, can you call oh. Roshan? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord. It's all can Everybody's on vacation. No one on vacation. <laughs> That's good. People need to relax. Can you hear me well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So new PC, so just want to make sure. Shall we start? Yes, yeah, brother. Yeah, start. You're already late. Yes, brother. Yeah. Then accounting letters give account. My my partner is there anyway. Is someone praying? Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we are gathered here today for the sake of your word, Lord. We humbly ask that you enlighten us through this session today and enable and enable our minds concentrate on the word. May every scriptures enter our heart and lead us to praise and worship you, Lord Jesus. Grant us your mercies. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and teach every one of us to grow closer to you, Lord. Bless brother, Lord Jesus. Enlighten, enlighten him with, your, with the help of the Holy Spirit so that he may lead us this session by your grace, we ask this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord.
Do you remember what we learned last week? Yes, yes, body, mind, and soul. Correct, body, soul, and mind. Body and soul and spirit. So there was a Bible verse we were discussing, First Thessalonians 5.23. Yes. And we were seeing how St. Paul addresses a spirit, soul, and then body. Not the other way around. So mentioned, we mentioned we should be always spirit-centered or we are a spirit who has a mind who lives in this body. Not the other way around. We have most, most of the time we identify ourselves with our body and then we goes down, okay, maybe I have a mind. Then there's a spirit somewhere. We have no idea. So it's the other way around. When God looks at us, he looks at us as spiritual beings, which is our true identity. We also spoke about how Bible is a mirror, how Bible will tell us what our identity is uh, and where needs correction, etc. What else did we learn? In baptism, we become one in spirit with Jesus Christ. And the kingdom of God is the spirit. Correct. So we were trying to compare our mind, sorry, both spirit, soul, and body to three sections in the tabernacle. Holy of Holies, the holy place, and the outer court. So the other way around, the holy place is spirit. The holy place is the soul. The outer court is our body. So it, it is a temple. And we also always remember temple, we are talking about a physical place. Temple is a set meets his creation, man, mankind, where they have communion with each other, where they, they have fellowship with each other, and where they are one. And the first, yeah, the first temple was what's the first temple set up? First is Eden, Garden of Eden. Yeah. And then how we, we saw that how we were taken out of the temple, how it was guarded by angels, seraphims, towards the east. Yeah. Same way tabernacle was also having the pictures of seraphims, cherubims actually, cherubims on the veil. Pointing us to the fact that we don't have entrance to the most holy of holies. It is guarded by angels. Then we had a way, I mean, we were going through each section of the tabernacle and how later we find that Jesus himself prepared himself as a temple, destroy this temple and I will restructure it in three days, which he meant about his own body, his own mind, his own soul, his own spirit. And it was destroyed and he came back. So from then on, we are coming back to also that we also are a temple which says St. Paul reveals to us, actually all the spirit reveals to us through St. Paul's writing that we are three parts. We are a holy temple. Holy of holy And we are uh, in our deepest part, in our spirit, we became holy of holies. Holy of Holies present in Tabernacle. So how do we get, how do my Christian gets the presence of God in the most Holy of Holies, which is in his spirit? When he is baptized, right, when he professes faith in Christ, 
the presence of God, God himself comes down into that man's or that woman's inner spirit and becomes one with him. That's what we were looking at. When we are talking about our own self, we should stop identifying ourselves as a human being living in this world, so-and-so name, so-and-so gender, so-and-so caste, place, language, all that doesn't matter. We are a spiritual being and we were so privileged, we are so privileged to understand all this spiritual mysteries and to profess Christ. And we, in, in, in our spirit, we became one with him, my whole spirit coming into me. And I am the temple of the Most High. We need to have that realization so deep in our heart that it should transform us. If you are so convinced about certain truth, that will have such an impact on your life that your whole life will turn around. All life will start revolving around those truths. For example, if uh, if you when you became a mother, when or when I became a father, that's a realization. Until that day, you know mothers exist, fathers exist. I have a father, you have a mother, all my parties, mother, motherhood, and fatherhood is. But on that day, child in my hand for the first time, I realized what it really meant. I understood it. It became a real reality to me. It became a truth to me that this baby in my hand, I'm the father of, brings in me such a joy. I mean, after that day, I knew what I, I heard about all this, but it never brought me joy. Like this, what happened right now? I never knew what it is to be a father. Until that point. And that reality, that truth, transformed me right away. From that day, I became a father, you became a mother, our life changed. We started giving priority to this baby. And all our life is running around what he wants, how to take care of the baby. It's because the possibility changes, our mindset changed, the way we started living changed. We said, okay, it's okay, I will stay home, I will take care of the baby instead of going out and partying or going out for a trip. Their priorities became our priority. Their priorities became our need. We are willfully, without hesitation, to sacrifice our time for the baby. Can you hear me? No. Okay. It's wobbly. Something is wrong, let me see. Is it any better? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if it's again muffling. So, um, were you able to understand? I was talking about how the fatherhood or motherhood changes us, right? When we became a reality, our life changes, our priorities changes, our mindset changes. Basically, we start living for our kids, our children. Similarly, we live for ourselves or for this world because we that reality, that Holy Spirit has come into me or God himself. All that We also saw that Holy Spirit cannot exist by himself. They are a triune God. Wherever Holy Spirit is there, the Son will be there, Father will be there. 
And in scriptures, it clearly tells us when we are baptized, Holy Spirit comes to us. We are joined with Holy Spirit, which means we are joined with the triune God. If we understood this reality in a way that it became so much of a truth, our life should have been changed. Our life must change. Then our life will be about taking care of the holy of the holiest God inside me, dwelling inside me, his priorities will be my priority. I would like to know what he needs and will try to satisfy his needs instead of the other way around. Okay, Father, I have this problem. I have this need. Can you help me out? That attitude will change. We will start serving him. We will do anything in our in our uh, what you call capability to make him happy, to make ourselves a worthy vessel. When you know the truth, you will be set free. So this has to be given very important. I mean, high importance in our life. We need to sit and think about it. If this is true, if Holy Spirit, the Most High, Jesus Christ. Father and Holy Spirit is dwelling inside me, or with, with, I would say, with me in spirit. What am I doing in my life? What, how did it impact my life? When we realize this, did I change anything? Am I still living the same life I, before? I mean, same life like anybody else who doesn't even understand this reality? Do I look different from? A non-believer. Am I still living for the world? Am I still living for myself? Or am I taking care of the business of what my father wants? That's why Jesus said, I came down to do the take care of my father's business. Did we ever take a pause in our busy life? Spend 30 minutes and trying to understand what can I do in this world for my Father, for my Holy Spirit, for my Jesus. Until and unless we start thinking like that, there won't be any change. If our approach is what can I get from them, that's just the beginning stages. That's the baby stages. Right? A baby will look up to the mom and father to get everything because he is helpless. He needs to be fed. He needs to be back. He needs to be clothed. So he cannot do anything. So that's the initial stage. Of course, we will initially when we get to know God, that's how we enter. We became spiritual base. When we are born out of Holy Spirit, we are born again. We are completely dependent on God to do anything and everything. But that's not how we should be. Even after 10 years, if we keep going, after 20 years, if we go back to our father and mother, feed me, clothe me, and bat me, they will be like, no way. You have to mature. You have to, we don't want you to be like this. You are not a baby. You're you're in the wrong place now. That's exactly what God is looking at us. We've been Christians for so many years. All these years we are asking him, give me that. Help me with this problem. Help me with that problem. We have this problem. Take care of my kids in the future. I forgive my sins in the past. Help me to grow. All that is good. But that's baby stuff. That's kindergarten. Are we not growing? Don't we want to grow? Or is easy to be a baby? But no father, no mother will want their babies or their kids to be dependent upon them for the entire life. 
that's immature. So definitely God wants us to be matured, growing, spiritually growing, and then be spiritual fathers for others, bring this joy to others. That's a requirement. That's how we make our father happy. When I became an adult and I became professionally successful, when I have my own family, when I became happy and having a family and all settled down, that's when my parents will be happy. They are ready, then they will be so peacefully ready to move away from this life saying, oh, I have achieved, I have seen my daughter, my, my son uh, becoming a grown-up adult and being a blessing to others and how now he's settled down, have peace. I, and then he's so happy. That's the that's only wish for any parent. We all are parents, we understand that. That's our, after a while, initially, even though we had many ambitions, after a while, the only happiness we get is when we see our kids being settled, when they are happy, we are happy. When they are mature enough and they are able, their life has some meaning, we are happy. That's exactly what we are called for. That's exactly what Holy Spirit, Father and Jesus is right now telling us from our heart. He's not looking at our sins and blaming us for, okay, you are not capable, you are still sinning, you are not doing that. But he is saying, when will you grow up? What, can, what are you going to do next for our kingdom? They are eagerly waiting. But if that, if God's will, if Father's will doesn't become our will, then nothing is going to work. Thy will be done as it is in heaven, in earth. That's what our prayer is. But who will do that will? Who will carry out that will? Who will go up into the heaven and bring down the will of God in, and spread it here? It's our duty. The temple of God. That's why high priest will go inside and then be in the presence of God. Uh, uh, do the sacrifice, do the blood, blood sprinkling, all that for the people, and he comes out, and then he delivers a lot of sin. Same way, it's our responsibility to bring this presence of God, the, the favor of God, whatever Christ has done for us, into outside world, and give it to others. That's the only purpose of any Christian life. So we need to align with that. It may take a while, but you sit, when we sit with Holy Spirit, stop praying, I would say. Instead, start aligning our will with God's will. Stop asking for things, uh, things which we want in this life. Instead, of, send me out, Father. Send me out, Holy Spirit. Make me a worthy vessel. Make, make me an instrument of you. That's why St. Francis Assisi's prayer is so beautiful. Make me an instrument of peace. And he's asking to make him a blessing to others. He was never asking for a blessing. He's saying, make me a blessing. Place me in a space where I can bring kingdom of God. And make me spiritually strong enough, spiritually holy enough so that you can manifest through me. We should change our prayers like that. Because time is running out. We are not going to be here forever. We may think that we are the only one who is going to take care of our family. Even people may think, okay, okay, what, okay, such a good mother, such a good father. If he is not there, if mother is not there, the whole family will be collapsed. But no, we have no guarantee that we will live tomorrow. But things will continue to happen. Whether we are here or not, God will take care of his kids. It's not our kids, it's God's children. He has a greater responsibility than us. He has more love to them than us. He has more care to them than us. 
We think that, okay, it's our kids and I have to take care of everything. But we don't have the same passion for, compassion for the neighbor's kids. It's again, I, come, I mean, I'm taking it a little extreme, but it's again a selfish desire that our kids will be successful. And we don't pray for other kids. We don't care about kids, other kids. So get out of all that. We have faith that our kids will be taken care by God. If you are seeking the kingdom of God, everything else will be taken care of. This is words spoken by Jesus Christ. Everything which comes out of his mouth will stay true. The word will last forever, for eternity. So if we keep saying that I believe in Jesus Christ, but won't do anything for the kingdom of God, how is that even a belief? We are just saying, we are faking it. We are fooling ourselves by saying that I believe in Christ, but our action says otherwise. So the reason why we are learning all this stuff is not to be scholars, to not to be excited about the spiritual mysteries. It is to understand that I am a temple. I have a role to play in the kingdom of God. So when Jesus Christ came down from heaven, he came down for one reason. What did um, John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said what? Here is the Lamb of God. Right? Who take away the sins of the world. He, he was here to be a sacrifice. So when we go back to the Old Testament in Leviticus 16, as a chapter where we see on the atonement, day of atonement, we read about it. The day of atonement is the only day a high priest can walk into the Holy of Holies. Why, why does he need to go there? God specifically say, you cannot just walk in any time you wish. You have to wait for one year. And on that day, he has to go through a lot of preparation because he himself is a sinner. The high priest himself is a sinner. So the high priest has to first bathe himself of his sin. So what is that symbolizes? Everything in Leviticus 16 talks about something in the New Testament. Or talks about some shadow. It's a shadow. So if you read, so take a guess what it is. He's watching, he has to watch himself. His body, outer body has to be washed first. Yeah. It's a symbolic thing, right? Physical water flowing through. What, what, what is it equivalent in New Testament or in our Christian life? Baptism. 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 Right? We are baptized in out, with the outer outward symbol, symbol, which internally it is telling publicly that I'm going to be. I'm cleansed by Holy Spirit inside. The water itself doesn't have any power, but it's a symbolic public statement that I am accepting Christ. I'm by pouring on the water, I'm accepting, I'm proclaiming my faith. Same way, first he has to bat, then he has to put on a special robe, which means he has to cover himself with a robe. What does that symbolize in New Testament? What does St. Paul talks about? Or even Jesus did something about, uh, he said something about, a parable about having a robe. Anybody? Wine skin, wine skin. Hmm? Wine skin, no, a literal robe. There's a parable. In a wedding. Yeah, you're, 
the king right. asked the person, why you are not in, uh, why you are not groomed well? No, no, no. He call invites them for a banquet. Yeah, yeah. He is saying, where is your uh, this one? And he sends him away. Correct. So Jesus again said a parable that you need to be clothed in the wedding robe, otherwise you will be cast out. Everyone who uh, went to that banquet had to have that special robe. What is that robe? If you go back to Genesis, what happened the, after the first fall? The first time they sinned, they said they were strained. They were, they felt, they understood that they are naked. And what did God Father did? He covered them with fig. Yeah, he covered them with, and so they covered them with a fig tree. The fig leaves. The skin, 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 skin of wild animals. Do you um, do you know the scripture of that? Genesis 3.21. Can you read? Genesis 3.21. So we're talking about the second step where high priest has to cover himself with a robe, which is also a shadow. So we are going a little bit even behind. In Genesis, you can see that God himself is putting some kind of robe. What is it? Genesis 3.21. And the Lord God made garments of skins for the man, man and for his wife and clothed them. What did he wear then? Garments of skins. Skin. Oh, skin comes from an animal. Yeah. So the animal must have been killed. killed. Yeah. Right? It doesn't specifically say at what point or when. But it's definitely said that the covering with the fig leaves was not good enough to cover their shame or sin. But God said, you need to be, there should be a sacrifice made and you need to be covered in that sacrificial animal's skin. See that shadow. And if God, Jesus Christ is the lamb of the God who takes away the sin, what should we be covered with? The skin of that lamb. Yeah. Right with 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 Jesus Christ Himself. Do we hear that anywhere in the in, in the New Testament? That what kind of robe we should be? Romans thirteen fourteen. Romans chapter thirteen verse fourteen. Can anyone read? Let us walk properly as in the day, not in the revelry, revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Keep reading. Oh, sorry, brother. I read the wrong ones. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill its lust. See, put on Lord Jesus Christ. Put on him as a robe. Or cover yourself with Jesus Christ. We heard something similar. We discussed that before, right? We were. Remember the envelope and the letter? Baptism. Yeah, yeah. Baptism. Yeah. In baptism, what do we do? 
We are being immersed or baptized into Christ. Or we, we are put, we are wearing Jesus Christ. In other sense, we became in Christ. So again, the same thing. Christ will wrap us around with his righteousness. Became he, so we are wrapping him. So he became our man. And now we are going to be living with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. With, with Jesus Christ. That's how we should be living. Every moment we should understand. We should our mind. We will learn about that later. But we should put on the skin of the lamb or skin of the sacrificial animal or Jesus himself. Otherwise, we won't be able to enter the banquet. So again, coming back. Then after that, uh, the high priest have to sacrifice a bull. That's the first thing. It's not a god. It's a bull. You read in Leviticus 16. What is that for? The blood. Blood is shed. Yeah. And right. But why? So so there are a couple of sacrifices which happens in the Day of Atonement to enter into the Holy of Holies. So we are trying to see how to be in the presence of God. That's the entire discussion. We are trying to come to that conclusion, how to enter the presence of God. To, so to enter the presence of God, you must reach the Holy of Holies. So to, for, and we are looking at how the high priest, that preparations he has to do to enter the Holy of Holies. So one of the preparations are bathing himself and then bathing himself and then he is putting on the new robe. We saw that baptism, putting on Christ. And then he, he also needs, it doesn't, Stop there. He has to wash his hands before he enters the tabernacle, which symbolizes the sanctification. It's an ongoing process. You, you got baptized. Yes, that doesn't mean that you stop there. You have to continue to cleanse your consciousness. You have to continue to wear your Christ every single day. You have to continue to profess the faith every single day and live accordingly, not just profess. And then high priest has to come and kill a bull and sprinkle the blood of that bull seven times for his own family and himself. See, the high priest is also sinner. So in Old Testament, in Atonement Day, first thing he has to do is he has to purify himself and his family. Only then he became worthy to enter into the holy places because he himself has already sacrificed an animal and the sin has been transferred to the animal, to the bull, and he's Shedding the uh, pleading the I mean blood on seven times on the altar. Then he goes inside with two gods. Right? Then two gods are selected. Do you know what happens to the two gods? They're destroyed. They're destroyed. Why do we have two gods? Do, do you know what they do with them? You should one, read Leviticus 16. One god he slaughters. For the uh -huh. sin offering of the people, bringing its blood inside the curtain. Correct. With its so, blood. Remember, the bull was sacrificed for the high priest and family. He takes one God and sacrifices it for the entire Israel's sin. Only after he purifies himself with the blood of bull, he is sacrificing, he's killing the God and then taking that blood inside the Holy of Holies, sprinkling it on the mercy seat, sprinkling it, sprinkling it on the altar. He has even going out to tabernacle outside and then sprinkle it seven times. So that was for the Israel, the nation of Israel. So the first thing he purified himself, then he purified the entire nation of Israel. And there was a second God, which he has to 
take the sins, he puts all that sin into that animal, and that animal, that second god, will be taken out to the city, out of the city, to the desert. If you read Leviticus, you will say that it was sent out to the wilderness and it will die there, out of the city. Now, coming back to New Testament, what, what does this symbolize? There's a difference between Jesus' sacrifice. He never needed to kill a bull. Do you know why? The high priest had to kill the bull and then pray an atonement for his own sins and his family. He himself became the sacrificial goat. Yeah, that's a sacrificial goat. But where's the bull? His... Or... Why do we need a bull in the Old Testament? For the sacrifice. For sacrifice of? The family. High, the priest. high priest family. The priest family. Yeah. Who are... But Jesus doesn't need that. Why? It's a trick question. He himself is he himself sacrificed the Lamb of God. It's the Lamb of God. Yeah, Lamb of God has to be slaughtered and taken to the mercy seat for the nation. But I'm talking about the Lord. He's sinless. He's sinless. Very plain. He doesn't need purification. Yeah. So he's a greater high priest. Praise the Lord. If you read Hebrews, you will see that 6, 7, 8, 9. So that's the homework. You have to read Hebrews as much as you can before the next session. Because then St. Paul tries to uh, tell us or tell the Jews that Jesus is greater than angels. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than every high priest. He is a priest after Melchizedek. Last week we discussed how he is not part of the tribe of Aaron. Tribe of it's not, He's not a Levite. But he is from Judah. But he's still a priest. Because he's not a priest according to the law. But he is a priest according to the Melchizedek. Melchizedek yeah. If you read that. I don't know if we have discussed Melchizedek before. Or if not, we will discuss on another day. But he said, you can read it from Hebrews 9. He's a greater priest. And his sacrifice is a much greater sacrifice than what a high priest was doing. Those were shadows. And St. Paul says this. Uh, there is no way the shedding of blood of God and bulls could and completely uh, eradicate the sin. Why is he saying? So what the Old Testament... In, Every year they had to come by. Which, what does that mean? The high priest has to kill the God and then do all the sprinkling of blood, all that sacraments, and then he comes out. And when, when can he come back again? Next, okay, year. next year. Next year. Which means what? For a period of one, one year, year, whatever he did, took care of the sin. That is temporary. Yeah. He has to redo it every year. See, but when Jesus Christ did it, he doesn't need to do it every year because of what? So that's what Hebrews chapter 9 talks about. So read Hebrews, try to understand with whatever we learned from Leviticus, how St. Paul, it will be much more enlightening for you now that we understand how the tabernacle works, how, what high priest used to do, how he has to go inside, and how holy of holies is such a holy place that if he enters with, with sin, he will die. Um, but how Christ is doing the same thing, but in a much, much greater and complete way that we are so privileged. There's no more animal sacrifices in the church. Why? We don't take a goat or a bull and then sacrifice it in our churches. Why? Jesus. Jewish people still do, but we don't. Why? Jesus permanently fixed. 
It's yeah. for permanently done and sealed. But once it's done with Jesus Christ, we don't need any more atonement. Jesus Christ has done it. We only need to use that. We need to understand what he has done and use that ability to get into the presence of God anytime. So the difference, uh, second difference, in Old Testament, the high priest will go in, kill the God, sprinkle the blood, everything, and he comes out and the sins are taken away, applied to that particular animal, and that animal died for it, the sins. So one question would be like, why do we choose an animal? Like we should be asking these questions. We should not be just blindly believing, why not something else? And um, So did that animal, so was that animal responsible for the sin? No, no, no. It's an innocent animal. It didn't do anything, but it was taken as a symbol that he is going to carry or that animal is going to carry something which he was not responsible for. And all that thing was done by the people, the human beings. But when, when that animal, that innocent animal is killed and, the, and all that sin was given to him, it's a shadow. It's a yeah. proclamation. It's a prophetic picture of what's going to come. So if you read, let me see, um, in New Testament, turn to the page of 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. In the Old Testament, a goat or a bull or an animal was killed. Even in the Genesis, we see that there was a sacrifice. It didn't start with Leviticus. It didn't start on atonement day. It didn't start with Moses and giving the law, but it started in Genesis. They were killing animals. It doesn't tell us rightly, but we can assume that that animal sacrifice was happened in the Garden of Eden, which was the first temple. And then that skin was put on Adam and Eve before they were expelled to indicate that now the sin has entered. There needs to be a remediation for that, a temporary remediation by applying that sinful, the effects of sin, the curse of sin, everything which would have come into the man because of sin is being applied to an innocent animal, innocent creation, as an animal by shedding it blood. It continues. Um, Okay, if you have 2 Corinthians 5.21, read it. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that's clearly mentioned, right? For our sake, who became sin? He knew no sin, but our sin was applied to Christ as a God, just like a lamb. And he is being sacrificed. And it is one and for all, it's done deal. Now we don't need more anymore. Sacrifice. So, unlike the Old Testament, where the Israelites have to be coming back every year, they have to hope and pray that high priest will do the right thing. If the high priest himself didn't cleanse him properly, what happens? He will go inside and he will die. He will die, which means the sacrifice didn't go through. 
which means the sins are not taken care of. They will. They have to read the read the what do you call the after effects of the sin. So that's why it was so important. It was not just a ritual. This is the way they were blessed. They they have to. This is the only way they can be progressing for the next year. So it was a big event, and high priest is totally responsible. He himself is a sinner. He has to cleanse. He hopefully he will go through. And we see the accounts of Aaron's son. That's another homework. Two of the Aaron's high priest son were died. They were killed because they didn't do this. They didn't obey the law. So it's not just a joke. It's not just a, some symbolic thing. People die vibrating it. So we don't have that kind of seriousness. But they had everything was on that atonement day was fearful, stressful, even for the high priest and even for the Australians. So we should take this more seriously. That was the only message I'm getting today, that we, we means including me and the ones in the Zoom meeting in our group, God wants us to take this a little bit more seriously, which means he definitely thinks that, not think, he understands and he sees that we are not taking this seriously. With the enough seriousness that he is expecting of. So let us do that. Let us change our mindset. Let's we should sit and think, why do I learn all this stuff? What, what's the meaning of my life going forward after hearing this truth? What am I going to change in my life? Will it even impact? Or is it just some knowledge? Some good thing I feel myself that okay, I'm attending some kind of Christian sessions, I'm learning more, I must be spiritual. Is that a good feeling I get? Or is there more? Am I going to implement this in my life, change my life, and, and be a blessing for others? Be a pathway where the fountains of living water can come through my spirit, into my soul, through my body, bring it out to the world before I leave the earth. It all depends on our decisions and choice, making choices. So it's a warning for all of us. God wants us to be more serious. Now, the mercy of Christ, the grace of Christ is all around us, keeping us. Every time God wants us to cut us off, Jesus will be saying, one more year, Father. Let me try it. But we have been misusing it such a long time that we have been conditioned to listen to all this truth and just walk away. And do nothing about it and still be happy and think in our mind that we have fulfilled our obligation to God by just going to the church, by just going through the sacraments and maybe learning some Bible words and maybe praying for some people and maybe preaching like me do. I, I, I think that that's done. That's it. We have conditioned our mind. We have put in our, ourselves in a comfort zone. But God wants us to get out of that. So let us be more serious. Let us be more diligent in our daily lives. We are a temple of Holy Spirit. God himself lives in you, lives in me, lives in all of us in the soul meeting, lives in our husband, lives in our family, in our kids. So let's look at people and ourselves in a different way. They may not be realizing it. They may be acting weird. They may be acting and as the, as the most bad person you have ever seen. But the truth is, they are still a temple of Holy Spirit. So let's treat people, let's treat our brothers and sisters like Christ. Our slogan is be Christ. 
but it's also seed Christ in others. See Christ in other people and try to forgive them. Try to forgive and try to give them, be gentle with them. Also, it is more than that. Remind ourselves that we are the temple of Holy Spirit. Jesus has done so much. God has done so much for to bring us into this place where we can walk freely into the presence of God. But what are we doing in this temple, in this holy place, which is my mind, in this outer court, which is my body, in this spirit, which is my holy of holies, what am I doing? How do I treat this tabernacle? I am the priest of this tabernacle. That we need to understand. I am the priest, not Jesus Christ anymore. That's the biggest difference. In the Old Testament, high priest will walk in. He will do all the shedding of blood, everything. And for one year, the sins of Israel is taken away. He has to redo it again and again and again every year. But Jesus Christ being the priest according to the order of Melchizedek, he walks in and he himself is a lamb. He himself is the priest. He goes in by his own blood and purifies the entire nation who believes in him being is being purified and God descends. He changed. No high priest will take out the veil. But Jesus Christ, when he walked in, there was no more separations between God and his, his children. He took out the veil. It's open, which means not only we can go there, but the presence of God is going to flow out of the inner being, inner sanctuary. From the Holy of Holies, there's no more separation. God will come out. He will visit the holy place. He will come out to the outer court and he will bless the nation. The presence of God can come out just like living waters from the spirit which comes out into our mind, which should come out into our body and bless others. That's what we are called for. We always look at the other side, but where is the Holy Spirit inside us coming out of us? When was the last time we were able to give Holy Spirit, give God's presence to others? If the answer is never, then we are in trouble. We are not allowing God's plan to fulfill in our life. Everything Jesus did was so that he can come and dwell in our life and he can come out of us. He can make our hands his hands, our body his hands his body and he can speak to ours and touch and hug and proclaim his love to the world through us. But for that, we need to surrender our body and life completely to him. We should stop living for ourselves. We should understand the truth that he has cleansed us. He became, anyone who believes in him became one with him, which means if he is the high priest, who is the high priest now? I. I can walk I am supposed to take the sins of the other people and enter the holies of holies, pray for them, and also bring back the blessing from holy of holies, the presence of God into other places. I have the right. Unfortunately, they also, but they don't understand. If we hear the word of God, we understand it, then we should practice it. We should change our life. Does it change our mindset at all? Or are we going to be the same next day? It still be the same flesh world, everything, or bothering about future, bothering about our past, bothering about our kids. We still live as a worldly person. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. That creation happens by our own obedience, our own decisions, choices made to change our life, not to live like yesterday and just say, oh, I, to, I get to know more spiritual knowledge. 
Not to say that excuse of saying, I don't have Holy Spirit, I don't have the gifts of Holy Spirit, I don't understand anything, but okay, we don't understand, we don't understand Holy Spirit. What did you do to change that, that situation, that mind uh, mindset? How do we, what are we doing every day, 24 hours, what are we doing? The answer is, okay, I learned for 30 minutes, I prayed for five minutes, that won't cut it. This whole world, this new generation, not just our kids, the entire generations is being spoiled and being attacked by the enemy like that. And what are we doing? What are the children of God who knows the truth, who is God revealing the truth are doing? We just sit there and do nothing. And hope, and we keep praying without knowing that we are the ones who to bring down the will of God, will of Father to this world. Thy kingdom come. How does the kingdom come? We learned about kingdom. The kingdom is inside. We learn. We have the kingdom inside because God dwells in me. Now, how do we how do I bring that kingdom here? By being obedient, by being giving up my mind, my body, my spirit, everything to the kingdom of God, to the surrendering myself to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and tell that send me, Father, I will go. Change, take whatever I have. I am the high priest. I understand that by the precious blood of Lord Jesus Christ, you have cleansed me. I now can go through the window, go through the door, Jesus Christ himself, and enter into your presence. How many times do we do that? We still think that we are out in the outer court. We still plead, have mercy on me, Father. We are still looking for high priests who can go to the presence of God and bring back a blessing. I have this problem, brother. I have this problem, Father. Can you pray for me? Okay, let me find the most anointed Holy Spirit, the brother or the father, or go to that retreat center, this retreat center. Maybe they can go into the presence of God and bring me something. But when will we understand that God has made us high priest? It is our right and duty to enter the Holy of Holies and bring back what God's business to this world. Until and unless we realize it, we stand boldly and start doing the business of kingdom of God, nothing is going to change in our life, in the life of others. God is not going to bring down anointing from heaven. He brings it down to the people, to his own children. And that's what we are. We are the sons and daughters of God, the most high. We have to wear that identity. When we wear Christ, always we remember this like, I'm going to wear the kingship of Christ. I'm going to wear the priesthood of Christ. I'm going to wear the righteousness of Christ. I'm going to wear the authority of Christ. And so on and so on and so on. Then we will understand that I have been become Christ. That's exactly what St. Paul says. We are every weapon you have. Be in the armor. Be in Christ. Then walk out. Then stand in faith and deliver attack. Let the kingdom spread. So let us change our life by understanding whether God gives revelation for what? God gives gift for what? For the betterment of others, betterment of the church. So if we are being privileged, we are being called to learn all this stuff. It is not because we are special. It is because God is expecting that through us, he can act. And if at all anything we want to do for this marvelous plan, this great love God has bestowed up for us, it is to one day at least, if it is for one day, live according to the kingdom of God. Spread, speak about it. 
go out and show hell. Maybe we are not there yet. We are still spiritually babes. But let's do what we can. If you only know the alphabets, let's teach that alphabet. Don't wait for words to form words. And we may keep saying, okay, I need and only know the alphabets. I don't know how to, I, I don't know the words, I don't know the vocabulary, I don't have the sentences, I don't know how to be a speaker. But you, there are people who doesn't even know alphabets. We can teach them. Start small. When you are honest and faithful in the little things, then the bigger things will come. So do not wait for anything. To start embracing this. We are Christ himself by his grace. So let's be holy. That's the first step. Let's be holy like he is. That's why Jesus said, be holy like my father is. We have every weapon in Christ himself. But the choice is ours. We have to make that decision. I'm done saying those excuses. I'm done telling me that I am inferior. I am worthless. I don't have anything. I'm done. Because I'm most powerful. I, I can do anything in Christ Jesus who strengthens me every time. So let's do that. Let's stop waiting for things to happen, waiting for the anointing to come. When we start doing something, when we step out and go, God will come with you. Jesus will be with you because he cannot stay away from you. He is within, inside you. When you raise your hand and pray for somebody, when you are touching somebody and praying for healing, Jesus is touching himself because you are the embodiment of Christ. But you need to have the faith to bring that audio from the presence of God through your mind. So that's what we need to live. But before all that, the desire should be there. If you don't have desire, no matter how much we preach, how much we learn, if you don't have the passion and desire to bring and, and the faith and belief that this is the true thing, there won't be any progress. Let's ask for desire. Father, I want you, you make your own plans. Don't wait for God. Just like we plan for the week. We have a weekly planner sometimes. We are on the fridge on this day, on this appointment. I'm going to do this. this. What do we plan for this week for the kingdom of God? If there's nobody to listen, just go out and just preach to the trees. Preach to the animals. Saints are done. But we are preaching. When you preach, when you say something, it's okay that nobody is listening. But it is coming out of your own mouth. You are cleansing yourself. The Holy Spirit is coming through your words, which means it has to come through your mind. It has to come through, it has to use your body. And you are being more like an electricity. The Holy Spirit is going through your all being. The temple is being invaded by the presence of God. So think about godly things. Talk about godly things. The word of God. That is the cleansing part. That's how we become priests. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And faith without actions is dead in itself. So the way to grow spiritually is by doing what God's kingdom wants to do. So find out, seek, and then do it. So let's, for this week, understand that the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament was pointed to Jesus Christ. And he has been, he fulfilled everything. But in a much greater manner, read Hebrews and then you will understand it, how he is a greater priest, how his sacrifice is greater, how his blood is, the shed blood shed by Jesus Christ is much greater than what is being shed by Abel, etc., etc., etc. So that should open our spiritual eyes, open our understanding, gives us a new vision for our life. Let us pray. That's only three more minutes. So 
Let's close our eyes and endlessly desire that we have a new mindset, that God gives us new ideas, new thought processes, new areas of cooperation in the kingdom of God. God is asking us to forget about the past. God is speaking to somebody specifically saying, you have been telling yourself how bad you are, how unworthy you are, but look unto me, put on my own, myself on you and look into the mirror and say, you are Christ. Your sins are already taken away. He is not looking at you with all the filthiness you think you are. Your past, your future, your inability, nothing matters. I am with you. You are my beloved daughter. You are my precious little daughter and I'm waiting for your acceptance. So let us claim and pray earnestly that Holy Spirit come down from heaven and change us, body, spirit, soul, mind, emotions, feelings, everything, Father. We surrender ourselves, our entire being and everything related to us in any manner to the kingdom of God. Father, take the sacrifice and bless it, anoint it with fire of Holy Spirit, and let us go out like high priest and bless and bring the kingdom of God to many. Father, we ask you that you send down angels to all our, all our homes, wherever we are right now, be purified by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. We are taking the blood of Lord Jesus Christ, sprinkling upon our mind, our body, our senses, every sin we have done through our Five senses, physical senses. We are cleansing it. We are casting it out. And every authority enemy has gained on our life, we declare that they are no more, no longer valid. We cut down every agreement we have made, all the curses of sin. We are wiping it out by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. And on our body, we are sealing by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. And we are declaring we belong to the kingdom of God. We are more than conquerors. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are citizens of heaven. We are children of the most high. Wherever we go, Christ comes with us. Holy Spirit comes with us. Father comes with us. When we pray, the entire kingdom of God is present. All the angels will go when we pray and bring into action whatever we are asking in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for blessing us. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful plan of sending your own son as the Lamb of God who died for my sins so that I will not be eternally punished, but rather I would be the righteous. I will be adopted son. I will be the adopted daughter and I will inherit everything from the kingdom of God. Mother Mary and all the saints, you have lived such a life of victorious Christian life. We are asking you, to pray for us so that we will also manifest Christ in our life. We ask everything in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, brothers. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.